Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, and on behalf of the team and I, I'd like to say, welcome. We're glad you're listening. Um, Today, our first announcement is we're celebrating Father's Day. So make sure you praise God for the father figures and your father, your actually earthly fathers, that God has placed in your life. And a quick word to those who have lost their earthly fathers and father figures, we hurt with you. We, we feel your pain, and uh, we're sorry. My second and only other announcement is next week, Reverend Tim McCalment, my predecessor, will be sharing from God's Word. So make sure you tune in for that. And now for the call to worship, we look to the psalmist. Answer me, Lord. Out of the goodness of your love, in your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servants. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. That comes from Psalm 69, verses 16 through 18. And now let us join our voices together and worship God in spirit and in truth.
Today is a very special day. It is Father's Day. I am sure that all of you gave your fathers a nice gift and a Father's Day card this morning. This is the day when we tell our father that we love him and say thank you for all the things he does for us each and every day. I was thinking of the wonderful father I know today, Rob. And I have three things this morning that remind me of the father in him. All of these things start with the letter B and remind me of something that Rob does for Everly while she was growing. The first B that reminds me of Rob as a father is bread. And in the prayer, which we call the Lord's Prayer, we always ask God to provide us with our daily bread. All of my life, God provided food for the table at our house. When I was a child, God provided that daily bread through a hardworking parent who made sure our needs were provided for. In Luke 11, 11 through 13, it says, If a son asks bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? The answer, of course, is no. And I am thankful that Rob helps to provide our daily bread. The second B is that that reminds me of Rob as a father is a ball. Rob and Everly like to go out in the yard and play ball together. Rob always takes this time to do special things with Everly. The third B that reminds me of Rob as a father is the Bible. Rob reads the Bible with Everly and teaches her about God's love and about how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Of all the things Rob does for Everly, this is the most important. I am glad that Everly has a father who loves her enough to teach her about God's love. I hope that you too have a father who loves you enough to provide your daily needs. One who will take the time to play with you. And most of all, I hope that you have a father who loves you enough to teach you about God's love, which I'm sure you do. So let's be sure to thank God for him today. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our earthly fathers. Help us this day to show our love and appreciation to our fathers. And may we always, always, always remember to show our love for you our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ himself bore our sins on the cross so that free from sin, we might live for righteousness. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of the world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom of intellect and reason, and have turned them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy upon us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Amen. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He himself bore our sin in his body on the cross 
that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. Thanks be to God.
are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall Before we open our scriptures, I'd like to set the stage by reminding us once again that Peter is writing this letter to a persecuted church. And so, um, and regularly there's this pattern of deep theological insights into who Christ is, and then a call for repentance, and then a call to action. And as we said last several weeks, um, the primary message of First Peter is continue to remain righteous even when it's difficult. And then another thing I'd like to bring up as we turn our attention to this scripture, I'd like us to be thinking about what are we afraid of? Are we afraid... Are you afraid of being alone? Are you afraid of being treated unjustly? Do you have a real fear of death? Are you afraid of being unpopular? Now let's open our scriptures up to 1 Peter chapter 3 starting in verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, Love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. For those who desire life and desire to see good days, let them keep their tongues from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. And let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, 
and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? But even if you do suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated. But in your heart sanctify Christ as Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an account for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if suffering should be God's will than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for our sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which also he went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in former times did not obey. When God awaited patiently in the days of Noah, during the building of the ark, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved through water, and baptism, which this prefigured, now saves you, not as a removal from dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus the Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers made subject to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I've always heard that a good way to sum up the epistle of James is it's a cross between Proverbs and Jesus' sermons. I'm seeing the same to be true in this letter from Peter. Because what we have this morning is what the people of God would call a chiastic poem. This text is the first half of it. Now, a brief little interjection, a little teaching moment on behalf of your pastor. Um, a chaotic poem is there's a section A, a section B, a section C, which is often the longest part of the poem, like in word, in terms of word number. And then it goes section B again, and then section A. a. And so... We have that in verses, and it starts in chapter 3, verse 8, and the first section is 8 through 12, and that's Peter's call to unity and love. And then we have a section B, which is verses 13 through 17, and that's uh, don't fear what they fear. And also be ready because the being that is to be feared, God, 
is going to judge in the end. And then C, the heart of the chiastic poem is our identity is rooted in our baptism. And then the poem keep, continues. You see, these, these chapter breaks were later put in so that we could find things. But in this, this is originally just all one letter. And so that section B of, of, of this chiastic poem is 4-1 through 4-6. And then the section A is verses 7 through 11. Um, remembering to unite and remembering to be known by love. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about mainly section B. Um, actually, I, I, I'll say a few words about section A. I, I often ask how many people are in the room. And that's a little silly because this is actually a podcast so who knows how many people are in your room but how many people are listening to this podcast and just a side note thank you for listening to this this podcast as as I've been looking at the numbers there's been 75 and up to 175 people that have listened to certain Sunday mornings podcasts so actually we're I think we're crossing state lines and we're more people are listening to this podcast than attend on on, a, on an average Sunday, which is phenomenal. So thank you for being a part of that, and praise God that even in the midst of all this hecticness and wild stuff going on in the media and the world around us, um, God is stirring. So praise God that we are uniting. And so... I usually ask the question, how many people are listening to this podcast? And you can fill in the blank if, you, uh, if you've ever heard me preach about this. How many people are listening to this podcast in, in terms of uh, the Jewish understanding? That's right, one. We are one people. We have the same Lord. We have the same Spirit. We have the same Savior. And by following that same Savior and loving that same God and having that same Spirit, God has made us from not being a people into a people, which is what I preached about last week. And now, section B, don't fear what they fear. Look at verses 13, start in verse 13. Now, who will harm you if you're eager to do what is good? Um, 14, do not fear what they fear, and do not be intimidated, but in your heart sanctify Christ as Lord. What's Peter saying there? He's saying, do we have to fear COVID-19, the coronavirus? Yes or no? No. We have nothing to fear. Don't be intimidated by what other people are are fearing don't take your eyes off the truth that if Christ is your lord that means you are a member of the kingdom of God which is 
starts the day you say, Jesus, you're my Lord. You put him on the throne of your life. You are in the realm of the kingdom of God, which lasts and goes for all of eternity. And Peter is saying, and be ready. Be ready to defend this truth. That's where we get the word apologetics, apologia, which is in the Greek. Be ready for to have a defense. But notice, Peter always, always, always pairs this with love. You're not, you're not hammering truth into people's lives or into people's souls. You're lovingly and caringly answering the question, why do you have hope in the midst of all this hopelessness? Why are you healed and straight while everything around is so crooked and broken? And so that section B is really a catalyst for us to look at our look at ourselves in the mirror and ask who's on the throne of my life? Who holds all the cards? My father had the saying, who's in charge here? We would we would be debating like me and my brother would be fighting, or uh, everybody would be arguing about what we were going to be doing today as a family. And my dad would walk in the room and say, "Who's in charge here?" And he would usually do it in a way that just lets everyone know just the way he says it. He's in charge here, you know. He's he's gonna he's gonna determine what the rest of the day is gonna look like. So this being Father's Day, pause for a second and say, thanks, Dad. Thanks for, I don't know, just pointing me to the truth uh, that our Heavenly Father is in control and is not surprised by the chaotic world around. Um, back to the text. Who is in charge Who's on the Lord? Who's the Lord of your life? And who do you who do you fear and respect above everything else? And then he comes to the center, the the heart of his poem, this chiastic, masterful work of art. The more I've studied it, the more I've, I've seen, man, I could take the sermon this way, that way. It's, I'm having actually a rough time this morning just staying on point because there's all these ways that you could take off. But listen to that ending right there of just the heart of this poem because then he goes on into chapter 4 in that first section, the first um, 12, 13, 11 verses, and he finishes off the chiastic poem, which all points back to this text which all points back to Noah and baptism. He ties the suffering of Christ on the cross with Noah 
being stranded out in the middle of the globe, which was covered in water. First of all, I would love to like I I, I love the idea of Waterworld. That movie, do you remember the movie with with Kevin Costner? It was. It ended up being a terrible movie, but it would be so cool to see a whole globe covered in water. I just, I there's something about. I think that's being married to my wife. You know, uh, Malia. She doesn't. Uh, she just loves. She. I. I think if she had a choice, she would have been born as a whale. You know, with a human brain and all that kind of stuff, because she still loves worshiping Jesus and stuff like that. But she loves the ocean and she loves being in it and looking for life and that kind of jazz. But so we got we got Noah and his eight people. Picture that eight people stranded on this boat in the middle of what is an ocean of the globe, and he ties that with Christ suffering on the cross. Um, I want us to to pause for a moment and just remember that we are in a tumultuous time. I've, I've kind of overused that word, but that's just how I see it. Um, in this time where there's a global virus and there's protests and there's looters and there's marches. Um, coming off that section B, don't let these issues polarize us. Don't let these issues say, I'm this side, not that side. I'm pro-Black Lives Matter. I'm pro-cop. I'm pro... I think there's enough... For us to suffer with those who suffer. That's that's kind of at the heart of this text. Because remember, he, he, Peter's just said, don't fear what they fear. Fear God and fear God alone. And then he says, in, he, in our bridge into us, into our first Peter people, the people that Peter's writing to, is suffering. I call back... Our call to worship this morning was a lament. It's interesting because I follow the lectionary text and I use the call to worship, the Psalms. Deep cries to deep. Be on the side on those, of those who are hurting. There's enough. There's enough for us to connect our hurting with the police officers that are hurting because their character and their existence are called being called into question. There's enough hurting and there's enough pain to meet our suffering, the people that First Peter's writing to's suffering, to Christ's suffering, on behalf of our minority groups of our time that are consistently being oppressed. There's enough. There's enough. I can't say that. I, I, I can't th- say that loudly uh, enough. Um, 
So we connect in this suffering. And then we connect with baptism. We connect with, we are all God's beloved children who he turns and looks at us and sends a savior for us. I love that. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever read the book um, Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. There's a, a section of that, and it's the it's one of my favorite novels. And Marilyn is a um, she's she's very Presbyterian. You could tell, and uh, also I've read articles by her. She's a she's an uber Presbyterian, and she uh, there's a sec and Gilead is a is told from the perspective of a retired Presbyterian minister, and there's a section in the novel where this uh, this minister this is in the third chapter, you know, of a three chapter book of his life, uh, an older man is watching his grand children play in a hose and play in water and he's just letting his mind kind of wander and uh, he thinks and he says this beautiful line about how um, it's at moments like these that I realize that water wasn't primarily made for drinking um, but primarily as a sign or a symbol of the seal that is baptism. Peter says in this text, you know, in baptism, you're just not washing off the sin like you would wash off dirt. Um, You are actually making, symbolically, you are burying the person as they go under the water with Jesus the Christ in all of our sin and all of our humanity that is broken and then as you come up out of the water as a person who is baptized comes up out of the water they are a new creation and Peter ends our passage with a call not to living life but living a new life. Living a new life where you're not afraid of what the world is afraid of. And you love. You love one another as you have been loved. And you unite through the Spirit of Christ the sheep fire, the Holy Spirit, and through Christ's lordship. We are resident aliens, brothers and sisters. How do we apply this? Easy. Start with section C. Remember your best baptism. Hurt with those who hurt. Who are being held apart because of this virus are being systematically 
placed in a category where they're treated as less than. Hurt with those that whose jobs are, are being called into question. Fear God. Fear God and fear God alone. Trust. Trust Him. Trust Him. He'll, he'll walk us through this time. Invite the Holy Spirit to refine your fears and, in, and increase your compassion for those who are hurting. Amen. Now is the time in the service where we turn from receiving from God into giving back to God a portion of what He has so richly blessed us with. As for an update, um, gifts and offerings were counted this week and there was a total of $26,500. Once again, praising God that He's sustaining us and not only that, we are growing in depth and numbers. And from that place... Our tithes and offerings are now received. Please send all gifts to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. She's falling apart So much fear and desperation Everywhere And it's easy to confuse Between what's wrong and what is right So often I just want to turn And run away But be still It'll be alright Behind you, there's no need to fear 
Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Be What shall we return to the Lord for all the good things God has done for us? We will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Join me now as we do call on the name of the Lord with our prayers. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer. We pray for the church, set in the world to show how people belong together and how your gifts are given to be shared. Grant that as we feel for the rejection and voicelessness of others, we may meet Christ in them and bear witness to his transforming love. Continue to give us opportunities to be the church in the world and to bring your love and presence. O Lord, our country is in turmoil. There is much pain and hurt and frustration among people of various ethnicities, and there's mistrust of the legal system. We need help. We need the voice of compassion and caring to be heard. We need governments to listen to the cries. We need changes in our nation. The Declaration of Independence states that all people are created equal and are entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We don't see that in practice. Heal our land, we pray. Break down barriers that divide. Teach us to love one another. Help us to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you, our God. We continue to pray for the COVID virus. We pray for careful guidance as the country opens up. Help us to see that this is not back to once what was normal, but is a new normal. We pray for those who are working on vaccines and medical treatments, that they may be successful and that lives may be saved. We pray for those who continue to be diagnosed, that they may be fully recovered. We pray that necessary precautions are taken so the spread of this disease is slowed and stopped. We pray for those who have been out of work and for businesses that have closed during these difficult months. Open up new opportunities for all seeking work. Bring help to families who need the necessities of life. Loving God, Jesus called you Abba, Daddy. We call you Father. How grateful we are to have such an intimate relationship with you. 
We thank you for the gift of fathers, grandfathers, and other important men in our lives and the special contribution they bring to us. We honor them today as we celebrate all fathers and father figures. As we offer our prayers for the fathers of the world, we thank you for their love. Sustain among us those who need your healing touch. Surround them with your love, support them with your strength, and console them with your comfort and give them hope. Remember those who are concerned for loved ones. We pray this morning for Frank Ortiz and for Diane as she supports and encourages him. We pray for Karen Almanza as she has knee surgery this week. Empower her surgeons to successfully do the needed repairs and give her complete healing. We continue to pray for Jennifer's nephew, Matthew, as he recovers from a traumatic brain injury. Heal him, we pray. We pray for all who mourn. Today we especially pray for Amy and her family as they grieve the loss of her father, Oaken. We know, O oh Lord, that your love is stronger than death, and we pray that that knowledge brings them comfort. Mighty God, whose word we trust, whose spirit enables us to pray, accept our requests and further those which will bring about your purpose on earth. Through Jesus Christ, who rules over all things and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In honor of Father's Day, we have Pastor Frank Ortiz sending us out with a benediction. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious previous uh, without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.